Welcome to Innovative Legal Leadership, the podcast where you'll hear from the world's most innovative general counsel and their leadership teams for their insights into the running of a Fortune 500 in-house legal department. The challenges, the wins, the roadblocks, the journey to date, and most importantly, what lies ahead. Let's get into the show. In today's episode, um, I'm speaking with Sabrina Wynn. She's the GC and the Chief Compliance Officer for UK and Ireland at Danone. What a story Sabrina shared with me on this episode. She starts way back having been born in Vietnam um, and just after the war having travelled three years to get to the US and as she said, they won the lottery um, and she landed in Missouri and her journey well, her journey started before then, but then she went through a course, was educated in the UK, went to Georgetown University, did a law degree, and then started her career. And what a career it's been. And you can see how the impact of that very unique story has made on her career and the decisions she's made. Um, she went straight international um, and has been experienced working in Asia, in New York, in Paris and uh, shares with us the importance of the skills that she's clearly developed, the soft skills she talks about around managing stakeholders, about communicating effectively, and linking that into the entrepreneurial spirit that she clearly has and that Danone also has too. We talk about too the importance of, uh, of hiring new talent, what to look for. There is just so much in this, but the the thing that I'm most excited about is just Sabrina's personal story. And there's so much more to come, I think, in her journey. She's got an enormous career continuing ahead of her. So I feel really fortunate to be able to share this story with you all. So in the usual fashion, sit back, chillax, and enjoy the episode. Sabrina Wynn, fantastic to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Thanks, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Now, Sabrina, your current role, of course, um, you're the GC, the Chief Compliance Officer of Danone for the UK and Ireland, but you weren't always in that position, were you, Sabrina? There was a life before the current role, so take me through the career arc um, or actually, let's start before your career. Take me through your childhood. Oh, how man, did... how, how much time do we have? Oh, <laughs> as much as you like. Tell me, where did you grow up? Where did you study? Um, how did you get into law? Sure. Oh, well, thanks for, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share my story. Sure. But yeah, mine, mine started back in Vietnam. I was born there. Um, but my mom escaped after the war with me as a baby Long story short, um, it was a three-year journey uh, across uh, refugee camps in Thailand and Indonesia. Um, but we won the lottery. Our application was picked up by the U.S. government. So wow. we got on a plane and got dropped off in the middle of America in a wow. state called Missouri. So not sure if you've, you've made your way there yet. Oh, I have actually, but that's another story. Wow, impressive. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we, we landed in Missouri uh, yep. in downtown St. Louis, living in the projects in, in the city. And then 
eventually moving outside of the city. So by the time that I was in high school, we were on farmland uh, surrounded by kind of fourth generation farmers, corn, wheat, soy, sometimes the the cows. So there there were some cow tipping activities um, in my teenage years. Um, But yeah, so that that was the the early years. Um, Then I went to university in, in the East Coast at Georgetown. Um, and with law school as well, and yep. Uh, yep. that was it. Yeah. All right, I, I'm going to come back to that because my sense is um, that uh, that your upbringing background um, uh, has had a significant influence in your outlook in life, approach, you know, both personal and professional. But we're going to come back to that career arc. Tell me where you started and how you made your way to Danone. So a theme, uh, I guess, in my career, if, if you didn't know my backstory, you'd be like, oh, my God, she's a nomad, but yeah. maybe a purposeful nomad. So yeah. uh, growing up in Missouri, I think I, I promised myself from a very early age that I wanted to see the world. Um, I really wasn't sure what the world was all about, but it was it had to be bigger than where I was physically yeah. at that time. Yeah. So when I finished up law school, I immediately went overseas and my, my whole career has been overseas. Um, right. My background is in finance. So I had uh, you know, my stint in private practice and then private equity and eventually uh, found my way to Danone. Um, so it's been an amazing 10 years uh, across four countries, three continents, uh, regional, local, global roles. So I've seen many aspects of, of the company um, and many people along the way. And, and tell me, what is it that um, got you from from the very beginning of your career to say, well, not only do I want to get out of Missouri, but I want to be international. I want to go and see the world. What do you think that was? Because um, that happens in careers, but typically it takes a while. Um, you feel comfortable, you know, getting some roots down, um, getting some practice in your in your local jurisdiction, and then building up the courage if you like, um, uh, to spread your wings. But you spread your wings almost immediately. Why? I think I was really impacted, as as you hinted early on, with my personal story, right? Like, to me, spreading my wings didn't seem so abnormal because my normal was my mom, yeah? And she left her country, everything that she knew, and landed up in a country with no language, no family, no friends. So if she could do it, I must be able to find a way to do it, right? With, yep. with all of my education and resources yep. and opportunities. So um, I, I was always really keen to just be a sponge and take the opportunity to explore um, from very, very early on. So it was just my norm. Um, no. But yeah, in retrospect, I guess it's kind of weird. Yep. <laughs> and encouraged by mother too? Um, you know, she didn't have like the precise language to say, yeah. go out there and be an international yeah. lawyer, right? Yes. <laughs> now I get that. I get yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah. But um, she was very encouraging to say, basically, live, live a life for both of us. Yeah. So it was wow. very clear that she, she sacrificed so much um, to get me to where I could be, to have the opportunities and no, no guarantee, right? It's just yeah. always the opportunity. So... Um, I guess I was driven by that. It's, it's funny, um, and that kind of um, that kind of upbringing. Sometimes, what happens there, where the parents have come from difficult situations, come to a promised land, 
Australia, America, Canada, whatever it might be, and start a life from nothing. Um, and I'm speaking from experience here. Often um, what I've seen is the parents say, well, you've now got everything, Jim. You don't need to go anywhere. We, we travelled from, from afar, from not a great place to create opportunities. Here are the opportunities. Why do you need to go anywhere else? So I'm not sure if you got any of that, um, but, uh, but that was something I actually experienced. What, where would you have to go? We've already come, if you like, to the promised land. Yeah, for sure. I it's I did have moments where I I thought about that, and not yep. not because of familial pressure or anything like that, but just yep. kind of culturally, right? Growing up yep. in Middle America, where it's yep. quite ethnocentric and egocentric, right? We're, we're the yep. best country. We're the number one. Why would you yep. go anywhere else? Yeah. So I think in my the early part of my career, it was weird when I realized that I actually from from my story. Uh, it made sense for me to leave America to have to pursue my American dream, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I always, I guess I had the comfort in knowing that if I wanted to go back, I could. Right. Yeah. If um, the likes of New York or D.C. will always need lawyers. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was very fortunate early in my career to have the opportunity. So I took it and I was like, well, I'm as equally unqualified for a role yep. <laughs> in New York or DC or in Singapore at that point. You know, I got to start somewhere. So, like, yep. why not? Why not Asia? Yeah. Uh, on behalf of all of those here in New York, if you ever want to come here, we'll welcome you, Sabrina, with open arms. Um, okay. Let take me through now um, the stages of your uh, time at Danone, your different roles, uh, and how you've got to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, as I said, it's been a decade, which is yep. really, really weird to say out loud, um, but it flew by. Uh, yeah. So very distinct chapter. So I, I joined Danone um, from private equity. So my first role um, was based in Singapore covering the Asia Pacific and Middle East region, which is massive, right? So anything from China, Japan, down to Australia, New Zealand, over to Turkey, across all of our categories. And at that time, um, focus on mergers and acquisitions. So when we buy or sell companies um, and joint ventures as well. So when we set up uh, partnerships, right, as a way to enter into a market or test a market. Um, and another bucket of kind of any high risk cross border type of stuff. Um, so I started there, um, had three years, really amazing stuff. Um, working with a team to build out new markets uh, in Southeast Asia, working on cross-border crises, uh, recalls, um, yep. anything, you name it. Um, but So it was amazing to me because I didn't realize that you could join a, a big company, like publicly listed multinational, that still had so many opportunities where you could create, right? Yep. Where you, you would think that you know some yep. basic processes were already there. You had yep. to do things in a certain way. But that, that wasn't, and it still is not the case at all. So yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, and uh, yeah, I found it as a great kind of ground to, to grow. And, and so I, I was fortunate to continue that growth path. My next role was then um, at our global headquarters in Paris uh, with the mergers and acquisitions team. So just focused on, on the buying and selling of our businesses. Um, and again, very fortunate during that time, uh, we got to work on the biggest deal um, of the company in, in about 10 years. So it was our acquisition of White Wave, 
which yep. was um, publicly listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Massive kind of nose to tail, right? So when when the deal when the handshake was made, um, working with the team from financing, like how do you find twelve billion euros to buy yeah. this thing, um, to managing really tricky topics like uh, antitrust issues in Europe and the U.S. Um, and so when that was finally done, um, which took a couple of years. I should have anticipated it, but then I was asked if I wanted to have the opportunity to move to New York to join the U.S. team. Because when we closed White Wave, our U.S. business more than doubled overnight with the plant-based and organic, uh, et cetera, that that side of the portfolio. So that was amazing because, again, I was like, how many times in your career do you have the opportunity, right, to like be part of this integration team? and have the background of the deal itself. And I kind of got to live out my personal dreams of living yep. in New York, living right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, as an adult. So that, yeah. that was fantastic. Um, so incredible learning opportunity of how do you bring these two ginormous businesses together, not just from an operational perspective or legal perspective, but from a cultural perspective as well, like from a people perspective, right? And And I think coming from outside of the US, like from from Paris, from global headquarters, you didn't, I did not personally fully appreciate how much of a cultural gap there there was, right? Because my whole career had been overseas. But when you bring in two businesses, one is based in New York on the East Coast, and the other is based in Colorado, and and some in California, you're like, yeah, there's some work to be done. (laughs) Tell me some of the key kind of learnings for you that come out of, of those phases in, in your career? Oh my, so so many learnings. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, I, I'd say the biggest one is, is just the way, the, the soft skills, I guess, is, yeah. is the easiest way to put it, right? Because I had moved from private practice, Wall Street law firm, to private equity, where I was um, often the only female in the room and definitely by one or two decades younger than everyone else. And in an environment where I was surrounded by super alpha male eye banking personalities. Yeah. yeah. Going from that to a French multinational, <laughs> you know, you got to yeah. dial some things down. You got to dial some things up. Um, so it was, I'd say the first six months was a totally amazing learning journey for me. Tough, but um, amazing learning journey in terms of like, how do you, how do you manage stakeholders? How do you build consensus? How do you communicate effectively in a corporate environment? It's the first layer because, yep. you know, Danone is a you know, 25 billion euro company, 100,000 employees around the world in 130 countries. Very different dynamic. A French corporate at that. And then oh, the, the third the, layer. The French, <laughs> hang on. The French are like the Americans. It's, it's the same thing, isn't it? Sabrina, I mean, Paris Sure, sure. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so French corporate. And then the third layer, I think yeah. even amongst the French corporates, Danone has a very unique culture. Yeah. Right. And it took me some time to like unpeel that onion and really appreciate um, the company uh, and, and the people in it. Well, and, and tell me, let me just double click on that a little bit. What was particularly unique that you found about that culture? when you started peeling back some of those um, some of those onion layers. Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely 
something quite unique to Danone. And, and I, of course, yeah. I, I say this with, with the caveat that I don't have experience yeah. in another, you know, major corporate. But, um, you know, when you speak to, to friends and you know, uh, understand the competitors, um, Danone has a very, we're, we're a small, big company, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. on the big aspects, we have all the numbers, so 100,000 yep. employees all around the world, um, 25 billion in sales, et cetera, et cetera. But a small enough company in terms of that entrepreneurial mindset where there isn't, right. you know, there are certain things, of course, there's processes, et cetera, but there's not this legacy thinking where things must be done in a certain way, right? So if you have a really good idea, and of course, if you explain that idea, bring others along in that journey, there's a massive opportunity to reinvent or to innovate um, in, in fields even like legal, regulatory, and compliance, where you'd expect going in-house that there's, there's a way that things are done and they must be done that way, right? So that was a very, uh, quite pleasant I'm surprise. That's fantastic. I want to pull those two themes together. The first one, when you talked about the importance of soft skills, managing stakeholders, your ability to communicate, nobody really teaches you that. Certainly they don't teach it at high school, they don't teach it at law school. Um, and some of us learn those skills, I think, too late. We don't start really working on the importance of being able to manage stakeholders communicate effectively, bring people on um, the journey. Um, talk about that because you must have been kind of put um, right in the middle, if you like, of needing to develop those skills very quickly in order to survive and succeed. Yes, um, I had to learn it quickly, but I made mistakes along the way as well. Oh, we all right? do. Oh, let me yes, tell you. <laughs> yes. So it was, it was yep. a humbling journey. Um, but I, I'd yep. say I, I probably had some type of leg up again, you know, like we're, we're, so, we're so affected by our upbringings, right? Our, our professional oh, story and our personal story, yeah. it's all intertwined. So I, yeah. I remember, you know, my background, I, I never really fit in into any bucket, right, back in Missouri, yeah. right? So whether you're talking yeah. to your cheerleaders or football players or band kids or whatever, you, you had to be aware of your audience, right? Where are they coming from? What do they know? Um, you can't assume that they have a certain knowledge yeah. or understanding. Yeah. What are their motivations, right? So um, I think when I moved into corporate, I had to dial up that, I had to flex that muscle yep. quite a lot, right? And so yep. being super mindful, like if you're, are you talking to someone at the local level, a regional level, a global level, what are their problems from their perspective and how could something be solved for them? Um, and it's obviously not always from a legal, uh, from the legal community yep. as well, right? It could be finance, it could be operations, it, it could be anything. So just that natural curiosity to talk to people to find that human connection and, and understand from their perspective, like what, what are they trying to solve, right? And it's not yeah. always obvious. So not yeah. making the assumptions is, is a really good uh, first step. Yeah, incredibly powerful, I think. Um, being able to develop um, and build those muscles, the earlier you can do that in your career, um, uh, the, the more successful, not only professionally, but personally, because 
because that's about the connection you learn to make to understand what motivates people, to really take the time to genuinely try and walk in their shoes for a bit. <laughs> um, uh, that's incredibly powerful. And then linking that to what you talked about as the entrepreneurial mindset or spirit within Danone. I, I love that connection because you've got you've got to work on those skills. You've got to be up, and that does dovetail very well into you know you know what we can talk about or what we can generally call as an entrepreneurial spirit. T- tell me how that kind of uh, tell me the interplay between those two at Danone and how you've seen that play out? Yeah, I, I think I have a very personal story I can share, um, tangible Please. example. Uh, so uh, you, you said from the start, you know, my current role is GC um, of UK and Ireland, but over the last seven years uh, across this journey in Danone, I've had this second hat with the global B Corp team as well. Um, and not, not sure if you're familiar with B Corp certification, but it's essentially kind of the stamp of approval of being a good yep. business, yeah? And not just from the lens of environmental or, you know, kind of the organic or fair trade type of certification that's quite, you know, um, uni-focused, but this is is really holistic uh, review and certification by a nonprofit third party in, in the U.S. So about seven years ago when we were um, working on this white wave acquisition, um, this the CEO at the time had this vision that, um, you know, it's great that we're doing all this good stuff, but we're really just talking to ourselves. Yeah, we're just, we're doing what we want to do and we run the audits ourselves and we're patting ourselves on the back, which is meaningless nowadays, right? Um, yep. So, and it coincided with uh, the, the movement um, by the B Corp community as well. At that time, it was really driven by small and medium-sized companies, yeah? Um, but we... With this entrepreneurial mindset, Danone was super brave at that time and said, let's let's figure out if this could work for an MNC, for a publicly listed company like Danone, right? And so long yeah. story short, we started off with um, a pilot. So ten, we picked 10 businesses all around the world and, and put them through this certification. And it was really hard, right? I remember the very first company we certified was in Spain um, and talking to the B Corp auditors very, very tough, by the way. They, they do their job. Yep. Um, yep. And I, I remember like they, they, the first question was like, do you have any litigation from the last five years? I'm like, well, where, where do we start? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, litigation is kind of, kind of normal course for businesses, right? Yeah. And so we had, it was really a partnership where we were on the journey together. So going from that to today, from, you know, that pilot of 10 countries to today where we've certified kind of over 40 businesses all around the world, over 30 countries um, from Brazil to Bangladesh, um, certifying, I think, over 70% of our global sales with a really clear roadmap to 100% uh, to 2025. So fingers crossed we get to 100%, but, you know, even if we don't, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's just a very small example um, of how I've experienced this entrepreneurial mindset in the company. And and how then does that impact on your role as a GC? What do you think it brings to you that that the experience otherwise, if you hadn't had it, um, you'd have a different lens? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's probably 
the biggest reason why I've, I've stayed in Danone for so long, right? Is that even yeah. though I have this GC hat or the legal lens, you're not expected to stay in the legal lane, right? So it's, it's wow. a responsibility. It's expected that you help to connect the dots, right? So even if you're legal, it doesn't mean you, you don't have curiosity or insight to contribute for topics in ESG, for example, right? Yep. In, in governance, yep. uh, in environmental projects, etc. So I think that's, that's really encouraging. It was really encouraging for me in my yeah. career. And I think really encouraging as we bring on, um, you know, new Danoners, right? Because it's, it's kind of boring yeah. um, for our, the new generation of lawyers to say, okay, you're, you're just a lawyer, like you will just yeah. uh, draft contracts. And you might be yeah. involved in a negotiation. But when you bring to the table that, hey, guys, like, the work that we do, it's not just within the four corners of the document, right? It's really helping to shape the framework, advocate for changes, and and really impact the way we do business um, is is really powerful. Yeah, to, to, to drive business outcomes. Um, everyone, I think, in an organisation, whether they're in legal or outside, unless they're able to draw the connection as to how they are relevant to driving what the business, you know, supporting or driving the business outcome, then, I don't know, you're just doing a job. Um, <laughs> and probably that, not, not that, very well in this day and age. And probably not well. It, it, exactly. And I think that's a challenge for all, you know, some, some companies do it a lot better than others. But being able to have... Um, being able for every employee, legal or otherwise, legal department or otherwise, to actually understand how they are contributing to and what they can do to be impacting on the business outcomes. Um, that's the why. Um, if It's hard to get out of bed if you don't really understand and think you're, you're, you're contributing to that. So um, th that's, that's fantastic. So, Sabrina, sitting today... What are the top two or three priorities, top of mind issues you have as the GC of UK and Ireland of Danone? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot, so I'll, I'll stick to two. Yeah. I'll try to stick can, to can, two. Can, can, that's right. Can you stick, <laughs> see if you can identify yeah. the top two or three? Yeah, yep. yeah. So, um, yeah, so just some context. I, I moved from New York to London uh, about a year ago, so I've been in this role right, for a Right, just a year a ago, year. okay. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So, so when I said New York will have you, will I should again. have said New York will have you back? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, yeah. So I've been about a year in role, and I um, uh, inherited a team with forty percent, four zero percent vacancy. Yeah. So wow. it's been a fun, fun year of yep. bringing new talent into the team yep. um, and and getting them up to speed uh, in the Danone way, right? So that that yep. is my number one priority is to make sure that yeah. Yeah. you know we develop and retain the talent um, that yep. we have because uh, you know what what is a company, right? It's it's a collection yep. of people, and then the second is is closely related to that is making sure that folks develop. Um, in the right way in Danone, right? So, yep. you know, when we bring people in, there's there's no question about their technical abilities, right? Like we bring in yeah. folks with the regulatory expertise, the legal expertise, the compliance expertise, and we, we entrust them with that. But our role as senior leaders is really to empower them, right? 
so that they can really drive themselves forward with those the soft, soft skills elements that we had discussed yeah. earlier, right? So like, how do you communicate with impact in Denote, um, which could be very different from how you communicated with impact in your previous yeah. role, right? Or your previous companies. Um, really dialing up that business acumen, which is still, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? Um, it's not natural for folks who are deep, deep experts um, to really be curious yeah. about, you know, how, how is this product made and who are all the people involved in it, right? Um, but I think if you can help your team ride that journey in a bite-sized way, so it's not overwhelming, right? It has to be exciting, yeah. but approachable, manageable yeah. at the same time. That, that's a big challenge. Let's talk about hiring for a second. What do you look for when you're hiring people into the team? Let, so you've got two things to choose from. Just to start, I'll be really specific. Are you looking for the experience, the expertise? Are you looking for the potential? So you don't really care whether they've done the job before. You're looking to see what have they done before that gives me the signs that this person can grow into or has the potential. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, of course, because it's something I think about all the time yeah. um, when I'm hiring. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's 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 not mutually exclusive, right? So it's it's both, no, of course. But um, heavy, heavy emphasis on on the latter, right? So I'm yeah. looking for that fire in the belly, like where. Yeah. Where is that drive coming from? You know, people who who yeah. make it through the CV round have the technical yeah. skill set, right? They've, the, the rest can be trained if you have the right mindset, you have the right drive. And so I'm, I'm always really curious to understand. I mean, I meet everyone who's, who's hired in our team. Um, but by the time I have that last discussion with them, I'm really just trying to understand them as a person. Yeah. What, what is their story? What, you know, what drives them? What are they trying to prove something? Is it, is it the right drivers, right? Because sometimes you're kind of, driven by external factors and that's that's not sustainable yeah. right are you trying to prove something to yeah. other people or are you trying to prove something to yourself right so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's uh, uh, that's, that's I'm super with you. critical <laughs> to understand right and it's just another form of you know you would do this with your business yeah. your partners in the business as well right what what are their motivating factors right because once you get them in the door that's the easy part how do you how do you keep people right how do you keep people engaged and excited and it's really difficult to try to do that if you don't understand the why to begin with. Yeah, that the, you, you described it as the fire in the belly. Um, I talk about uh, what have they got to prove? And as you said, who have they got to prove it to? Um, uh, th that is, it's a tough one because that is so much um, a factor of, of your background, of how you grew up, what you had, what you didn't have, um, what you're running from, what you're running towards, all of that. But it is so important because the fire in the belly, they've got something to prove, the chip on the shoulder, whatever you talk about, the drive, the thing that drives us, um, that's what I look for. What is What drives this person? It's key. To me, it's key to high-performing teams and organisations. Um, 
And don't get me wrong, we're not all the same type and we're not all equally driven. And that doesn't mean um, there is only one kind of profile to hire. Um, but that is, it's an important profile if you want to build um, a high performance culture um, in your organisation. Definitely. Um, anything else in your current role that's keeping you up at night, Sabrina? Oh. That, that, that you can share. Yes. <laughs> Thank <say>. you. <laughs> I, I should think, have. I think your, should listeners, have made that call. your listeners should know that we're, we have each other on Vizio, so you, you saw my yeah. look there. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean the, the business. You know, it's trite to say at the you know at the end of every year we're we're doing the look back, right? We're looking back at what yeah. happened in the year. We're looking forward to the next year, and every yeah. single time we do this, we're always like, oh, next year is going to be even more volatile and even more, you yeah. know, et cetera, et cetera. And yep. of course that, that will continue, right? And we'll, we'll have yeah. uh, inflationary pressures, we'll have, you know, all the uncertainties in, in world um, uh, economic and political affairs uh, arena. So there's many things that, that keep you on your toes, right? So there, there's yeah. this continual need to horizon scan, have this extreme agility that, you know, there's a lot of things that are um, important and urgent, but there, there's a spectrum, there's a matrix of it, right? And this matrix yep. changes all the time. Um, so you keep it, you know, at your level um, with my peers, but you got to find a way to bring the clarity to the team, right? So at any yep. given the time, for sure, it's a vocal role world, as everyone calls it, but it, it yep. should not be a vocal team, right? <laughs> so your yep. team should yep. be should understand the priorities, should be focused on the priorities. And so maybe, yeah, that's that's something that keeps me up at night. Yeah. I mean, you're right to say when we do come to this time of year, it does feel more... The future always feels more uncertain than what you've just experienced. Okay. That's natural. But I think there is... There are additional layers, um, the obvious ones that you've talked about, that have complicated and made fuzzier and more uncertain what the next 12 and 24 months looks like. Um, the infl inflationary pressures, uh, the continuation of the, the war in Ukraine, um, just the um, economic uncertainty. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing... Um, it's funny, we are hearing about the layoffs, particularly around the tech sector, um, we're not yet seeing it flow through um, uh, to the employment figures and the general robustness of the employment market. But I think it is nerve-wracking across all industries right now. So that level of uncertainty, I do think, has ratcheted up a notch or two since, um, certainly since 12 months ago. Sabrina, I usually like to round out with a couple of questions. Um, you may have heard them before. Advice that you would give to your 25-year-old self. Oh, so that was the other day, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> of course, just a very short time ago. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, just to have more fun. I think I, I took myself too seriously. From, very seriously? Yeah, I took myself too seriously from a very early age. Again, because, you know, kind of your family environment, right? Um, 
So yeah. I was very mindful that, you know, kind of with my mom's story and journey, like statistically, I'm not supposed to be here, right? And so yeah. it was just very purposeful, maybe too purposeful from a very early age about why am I doing certain things? What value will I get out of it? Maximizing every moment that I had um, and sometimes like not being in the moment, right? Um, yep. And that's something that, I mean, I, I honestly have only started to try to learn over the last few years. Um, and Sabrina, that's a tough one because we are um, the combination of all our, our previous moments and we are our, you know, how we grew up in the environment. So when you say had more fun, you, I don't think you were built that <laughs> You, you were not made that, and your intensity and focus and making sure that everything you did counted because you clearly treasured what was uh, almost like a remote opportunity that a whole lot of things had to happen. You weren't going to squander it. So I hear you when you say have more fun, but I don't actually think it was possible just hearing your story. Um, I just don't know whether it was you. Having said that, we can all start to moderate and change and, and make sure, because sometimes I ask, okay, what advice would, would you give your 25-year-old self, would you would actually take today? <laughs> so I'm not sure, Sabrina, are you living that part out today? Are you having a little bit more fun today? Yeah, I'm trying. You know, awareness You're is trying. the first Excellent. step, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I did ask you what keeps you up at night professionally. What about what about personally? Anything that keeps you up um, uh, about the world, about about you that you're willing to share with us? Yeah, tough tough question. My goodness. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm. I admire the younger generation so much, right? Because I think we were. We were so um, protected in, in in our time, yeah. or quote quote in our time, yeah. right? We yeah. we had bicycles and we would you know ride around the neighborhood and meet up with friends and you you would have a quarter and go to the phone booth to call. Like life was just so easy, yeah. right? And so I, it's hard. Like I you know with COVID, I have I have a sibling who who had just finished college, thankfully, right? But. I just treasure those moments where we were able to go to a college graduation and celebrate it together in person. But then thinking about all the other students who had to, I mean, yeah, miss out on that incredible kind of life moment, right? And and that that was really like hashtag first world problems, right? Because then there's like so many yeah. other problems. There's, you know, environmental catastrophe and kind of the rolling back of globalization and like privacy issues. There's just a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, I don't envy <laughs> the younger uh, generation, um, but it's our, our responsibility to try to, to, to share, to give back or mentor to the extent that we can, um, because there's, there's lots yeah. of lessons we've learned along the way as well, right? And I worry a little bit, Sabrina, that we, the environment that, um, that we've created or technology has created now is going to make it harder and harder. The soft, the soft skills that we talk about um, 
and the experiences that you have to go through to learn those soft I feel like they're they are less and less available. Whether it's just honestly, whether it's just time that you spend on scrolling a phone, whether it's time that you spend on a Zoom call, everything seems to be geared towards um, minimising in-person time and some really tough in-person situations where you learn some hard lessons but critical lessons in how to navigate people and life. Um, I worry that those opportunities are less and less and that we will end up creating a less connected and less empathetic community. Yeah. We have all the tools, right? We Here do. Here we are. You know, you're we, sitting in New York. We, we, I'm we, sitting in, in London, you know, and you're, we're, you're finding finding a way. <laughs> we're finding a yeah, way to right. connect. Yeah, that's, so. that's right. I, I do say my 3D version is just a touch better than my 2D version. But anyway, at least you're getting the 2D version. Okay, one final question to um, close things out. Hardest thing that you've ever done, Sabrina, that you prepared to share with us? Oh, my. Personal or professional? Mm, uh, well, there's t- tons professionally, but that, that's going to bore people. <laughs> um, Give me a personal. Yeah, personal. Probably trying to be a role model or like a second mom to my siblings, right? Yeah. I think growing up in our in our family, and I'm sure like a lot of a lot of families as well, yeah. you you don't have the language around you know saying I love you or saying thank you, right? Um, yeah. And so that that's the case in in our family. So I always felt kind of the pressure again early on that the best way that I could say thank you to my our parents is to help guide, mentor my siblings yeah. so that, again, you know, we, we can we make the most of this opportunity as, as a family unit, yeah? Um, yeah? So I guess, like, yeah, putting that pressure on myself from an, an early age that, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to mentor them and I'm going to be this the second mom. I'm going to yeah. talk to them about personal KPIs and, like, what are their growth paths? <laughs> Oh, Sabrina, I I never had an older sister. I have a younger one. I now kind of wish I had an older sister, and I kind of wish, Sabrina, it was you. That would have been an absolute treat. Sabrina Wynn, thank you so much for joining me. I've had an absolute blast. Thanks, Jim. Super pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into the show. For more, please subscribe to the show in your favourite podcast player. If you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, please connect with me, Jim, the host of the show, via email, jim at pursuit, P-E-R-S-U-I-T dot com. We'd love to hear from you.